Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one tree beard mocking at a time. Oh no, he just saved them. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson and I'm upset. And today we're talking about Minute <laughs> 209, which starts with Mary going, Barum, clearly mocking Treebeard. Yes. And, and Well, to be fair, Pippin started it, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and ends with... Frodo saying to Faramir, uh, near Minas Morgul, the, that climbs up the mount, up into the mountains. Uh, and he, he has a little bit more to say tomorrow, but, uh, the most important thing in the beginning of tomorrow's minute is not dialogue. Yes. So, this minute starts with a clear reference to, I don't know, people smoking weed. Because they are manically laughing as smoke billows out of a Well, road. okay. They haven't even begun. Like... Mary Mary takes out his pipe, sticks it in his mouth, pretends to, like, I don't know, smoke the pipe? Ba-room. When he says ba-room. But they haven't, like... We never see anybody light their pipe, I'm pretty sure. We they, just see people smoking them. They haven't, like, done the thing. I I think it would be a step too close to, like... The, the, you, like, what, a like step a paraphernalia? In, or yeah, whatever? like, showing people lighting the pipe is, like, another step towards, like, use of tobacco in a movie or whatever. It's a slippery slope for our children. Dude, You know what, what I mean, though, right? Like, because censorship rules are kind of weird. stupid. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. And where they never call it tobacco and they always refer to it as pipe weed, like, maybe they don't want to show people lighting it and stuff. I don't know what they're doing. Don't we see Aragorn light his pipe? No, we just see the cinders. Oh. When he when he when he takes in takes in a breath of it, yeah. When you see his eyes, the glow and breathe. Right, right, right. Or like when he's brooding and camping. Yeah, as he does. Campy broody Aragorn smoking. Well, on his no, pipe. campy, campy, campy Aragorn is di- it's is different. different than broody Aragorn. These are different moods. Campy is different than camping. C- camping, camping, broody Aragorn. Campy, broody Aragorn. That is... Can you be Can you be both campy and broody? I think so. Uh, whenever anyone is mocking Angel on Angel. Fair. <laughs> especially Spike. Especially Spike and especially also, Wesley. Spike is always campy and broody. Yes. Spike is Spike. a great example of that. Campy and broody at once. Living in harmony. Yes. Fair. And then the Buffy Nation attacked. <laughs> Hey man, I love Spike. I do too. Spike's, Spike is probably my second favorite character in the Buffyverse. What? What? Yeah, my favorite is Xander. I think we're fighting. Why? I don't know, but I think we are. And then, like after, it, it's probably like Xander and Spike, like in in Buffy, are like my two favorites. And then in Angel, it's Gunn and Fred, because I love Gunn actually. What? No, I love Gun too. Like all these characters are like solid, but like really? Yeah. What? Mhm. But that's that's neither here nor there at the moment. My two favorite Buffy characters got together in real life and had beautiful children. Yay. <laughs> it's Wesley and Willow. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> 
which is so weird to think about when you when you like why just oh Wesley and Willow how much older than him is is never saw that coming how much older than than she is him I don't just wow welcome to Buffy the Vampire Minute (laughs) I mean there's a show that's been talked about to death that's rude I mean I'm I'm just saying, like, it's been talked about a lot. You just contributed to a book about Buffy. You're telling me it's been talked about to death? I don't know, man. I've just heard, like, I don't know. I've just heard discourse about Buffy pretty much my entire life. Yeah, that's because you took a class in college specifically about Buffy. That is also true. So. Don't, don't, don't go selling me that layman's like, oh, I've heard so much discourse on the internet about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When you, like, sought out a course and paid money to sit there for, like, ten weeks. That's true. You got me. You got me. Screw you, buddy. But, like, this this, this movie and <laughs> what our show is about. We have, uh... God, Buffy was still on the air when this came out. Yeah, it was. Whoa. Anyway. Yeah. When did season seven air? Uh, 2003. So, yeah, so the, the last season of Buffy was airing concurrently with the release of Return, Return of, the, of the, King. the King. Yeah. There you go. That just makes this feel even longer ago. Was it 2003? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was either 03 or 04, because right. I remember watching watching Buffy... No, 04 Just was... Just after it had finished. 04 was the last season of Angel. Mm. So yeah, it must have been 03. But I remember watching Buffy like just after it had finished over the course of a summer because it was four episodes aired a day. Mm. And they were all in order across two networks, which was weird. Eh, whatever. Like the two ap- afternoon episodes on a different network. I don't pretend after to the understand how broadcast television works. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> It's all owned by the same parent company. So the the first half of this minute is just like Mary and Pippin giggling uh, as Treebeard is just like, something's burning. And he goes to peek into this room. It's just kind of an odd, funny little moment. That smoke is obviously CG. Oh, yeah. I mean, most Every CG time... smoke never looks real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think CG smoke is more of a slippery thing to render than CG water. Well, still CG water can look really convincing. Yeah. CG water in motion, because you have to do the froth, it looks less so. Well, the 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 flooding of Isengard looked pretty good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. You can still tell that it's CG, but like CG smoke gives itself away immediately. Yeah. Agreed. Especially at this time. Some of these effects, though, like still hold up. To stuff that you would see in some movies today. I think the the CG smoke that I like the best because it's intended to be fantastical is Gandalf at the beginning of Fellowship. Where oh, he does the, the, the pipe. smoke yeah. with the, the smoke rings in the ship. Yeah. But... Yeah, and that gives it a magical quality Ooh, yeah, because yeah. it looks it looks clearly not real, but he's also doing things that are impossible. Right, with it. right. And this so is just like, oh yeah. And there's a cloud of smoke coming out of this. That's a lot of smoke. Room. Holy moly. They're just going for it in there, man. I guess so. They've just, like, I don't know, lit one of these barrels. But, like, when did they have time to light their pipe when they're laughing so hard? Like, they didn't even fill it. I don't know. I don't know. They, like, fondle it gently. 
the 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 plant matter and then like put it back in the barrel and then they make a joke and then they're laughing about it. I don't. Pippin's laughter is maniacal in a slightly unsettling yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like their manic laughter. It scares me. <laughs> it just it's a little crazy. <laughs> just a little crazy. And then we we cut to Frodo and Sam walking through Osgiliath with Faramir. As you do. And Gollum Getting and Toe. Getting the tour. Yeah. Uh, this is an old sewer. It goes under the river. So this sewer doesn't exist in the book. Okay. This sewer was just created as a way for them to be like, oh, well, we need them to cross the river and we don't want to put them in boats But again. clearly they got across the river okay if the orcs have taken the eastern shore. Yeah, because they had to cross water <laughs> to get here in the first place. Did like, we talk about that on mic? Yeah, I think we did. Okay. Because the, the orcs yeah, took the yeah, eastern yeah. shore, and that's definitely the shore that they are on when we're looking I at us. I just remember you, like, laying in bed, and then you sat up, and you were like, how are they on the eastern shore? <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the geography of that shot is muddled. It's confusing. <laughs> Where did the orcs us. come from? <laughs> what is happening? Is that your timeline? <laughs> yes. This movie doesn't know which direction east and west are, apparently. <laughs> so then they're talking, you know, this sewer will lead you to the to a clearing in the forest. Like, so for, so another thing about that, like if this sewer goes all the way to a point where they can find safety in a for, in the forest, mm-hmm. how long is this sewer tunnel? It's clearly like... It's quite long because when we're looking down at Osgiliath from the eastern side... <laughs> There are no trees that you right. can see in the shot. Right, right, right. So how long is this sewer tunnel? Is it, like, behind it? Maybe. But that's a long tunnel, because yeah. Osgiliath is, like, half a mile away in that a shot. A tunnel. A tunnel. <laughs> There's some stairs in the background. They're in a tunnel. <laughs> but no mountain. No mountain. Yeah. Yeah. A tunnel. A tunnel. So, uh, so you've shown your quality, Captain Fairmere. The very highest. I do not think this is earned. Eh. That that has shift. I think that's the most surprising part about this for me, this journey, um, this stuff with Faramir, and we've talked about it before so, earlier this week. So doing this minute week? by minute has had the opposite effect on Faramir for you as it did for Boromir. Yeah, which is so weird. Because I loved Faramir. I mean, I still love Faramir, but like, I. Don't feel like this turnaround is earned, which surprises me. Um, I think it does him a disservice. I think it does just enough that it doesn't feel terrible, mm. but it could have done more. Yeah, and I think it's muddled from it's it's kind of muddled from Faramir being one of the last characters, like being the last character cast having the least time to, like, flesh out a story and really right, work with it. Right, Like, it definitely suffered for that. And the in the in the commentary, they're clear about uh, Peter, Fran, and Philippa also kind of feeling that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there is that aspect to it's it. It's good that they, like, recognize that, and it's like, oh, we could have done so much more with this guy. But, like, at the same time, we are examining this movie for what it is. Like, how it turned it out. Yeah. yeah. So, like... I think that this, watching the movie in this way has made me um, hypercritical of Faramir. Well, yeah, because as a a character, Faramir feels kind of confused. 
Yes. Because they there's clearly a direction that they want to, like, go in. Mm-hmm. But they both, and, like, in different ways, they both go too far and not far enough, like, with different things. Yeah. Because he's clearly conflicted, but I think it's almost, like, too subtly. And without the flashback, you would never even really think of it in the same sort of context. Right. As, like, how conflicted this guy might be. Or, like, the reason for for this douchebaggery. I mean, and I guess... All right. Let's think about Faramir in the context of he is being manipulated by the ring. Mm. Do you think that his actions up until this point, or the point last week when uh, they were talking about uh, stories and Sam's speech... Um, was that last week? Yeah, that was last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know what time it is. Um, if, if, if Faramir was being manipulated heavily by the ring, what was the turning point in that scene? Like, what- Like, it, out of the speech, like, what pulls Faramir back? What snaps Faramir out of the ring's grasp? Um. Because I think that Faramir, if he was Possibly being... one, seeing the danger that a ring wraith poses to Frodo. Okay. Just for carrying it. Yeah. Like, because the ring rate zeroed in particularly on Frodo. Yeah. So, like, maybe that helps so along. So, do you think that he hesitates because the ring is telling him to hesitate? Maybe. he. Because he could have shot that thing, like, five times. Yeah. I mean, it's relatively subtle. But I think whenever there's a character that seems to even consider taking the ring, I think we are meant to kind of assume, or we probably should assume, that the ring is pressing on their mind in some way. Yeah. So, because the ring's influence is not solely limited to its bearer. That's clear. Right, right, right. Because that's what happens with Boromir. Like, it takes Frodo knocking Boromir on his ass and him getting a head wound to realize that, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should not have done that. So what is the head wound? I I think it's just seeing what this item has done to these two hobbits. Like, to these two ostensibly friends. Who until this moment have looked so united. Right. And now you've just seen them fight. One of them just pulled a knife on the other. After almost being taken away by what might as well be the boogeyman to your society. Yeah. Do you think Faramir... um, Do you think Faramir sees his relationship with his brother in Frodo and Sam? Maybe. I That could be a part of his sympathy for them. Because, like, we talked about how Boromir had saw his relationship with Faramir in Merry and Pippin. Or yeah, like because Merry and Pippin are the most, uh, I mean, they're cousins that grew up together, and yeah. they're the most brotherly of the fellowship, yeah. like, the way that they are with each other. So Boromir projecting that on Merry and Pippin is what yeah. make, like, it's one of those things is that the helps... impetus to, to help, like, help him protect them, I think. Yeah. Because we talked about that a lot. Yeah. Because they're definitely the two that he takes a, he takes a good shine to. So do you think that the same is true of Faramir? And he finally, like, it is it is Frodo pulling a sword on Sam. Well, I, I think the impetus for Faramir starting to turn around is Sam snapping at him about what happened to Boromir. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. It's like, the ring is the reason for this. Like, this is what killed your brother. Like, this, this want of the ring. Yeah. Like... And then he sees the ring wraith, with, and the ring is there, and he sees the two fighting over it. And then he hears Sam's speech, and I think that all just kind of adds up to him getting it and kind of 
snapping out of the ring's influence. Yeah. But I think it starts with that. It starts with Sam bringing up Boromir directly. Okay. So... So it's across, like, that that five minutes or that four yeah. minutes of all of that. I guess, like, if if you look at Faramir... And I wish this was spelled out a little more in the text instead of subtext. Mm. But if you look at movie Faramir, because book Faramir, like book Faramir is a paragon of humanity and and a pure cinnamon roll, right. and nobody and, can touch him. Right, and there's and then the reason that book Faramir is like that is because book Faramir isn't intended to be an obstacle. Book Faramir is intended to, to be, be an ally, to be an ally, and intended to be proof that there's still a good honorable man in the South to rule it. Right. Alongside Aragorn. Yeah. Like, it, he serves a totally different purpose in the book. Right. So, it, exclusively movie Faramir, if you take his, every single scene that we see him, because every single scene that we see him, he is in proximity to the ring. Yeah. Do, do you think that... Except for the flashback. But he's only thinking right. about that... After we meet him, but and he's the flashback—the the flashback is completely removed because that is the Faramir that will we will see glimpses of in book like movie three. But how much of the flashback in the way that we see it in this movie, like even from a meta sense, is colored by the influence of the ring nearby? Because this flashback Which, is clearly supposed to be the like dream sequence or the flashback. The flashback, okay. Because Faramir goes into that flashback in proximity to the ring. So how much of like his perspective of this moment is colored by the ring of like this thing that he's remembering because that's what a flashback is. Right. Right. Um, I like, you can take any sort of analysis like that, like just further and further and further because if the ring is influencing him, then everything we see involving him is influenced by the ring. So do you think that the pressure, do you think that his, his father then in the flashback is not as much of a dick. He maybe is reality. Isn't. I mean, he clearly is in the current present. Right. But maybe in the way that... Maybe the way Faramir is, is remembering, remembering it, it. Is being colored by the presence of the ring in the present. Because he's doing all of the, what he's doing to, pl- like, to prove himself to his father. Right. And I think the ring has zeroed in on that insecurity of Faramir. Okay. So, like, maybe the flashback is also colored by that. Okay. So, I guess, like, thinking about it in... This context, this turnaround makes a little more sense, but I still don't know what the breaking point is. Right, because... Like, I can't zero in on, like, the exact moment when he realizes, oh, I should not be doing this right now. I mean, the the moment where he... So, arguably... And it happens off screen? May I guess, but I've always just taken that the moment that he he shrugs off the ring's influence... Is the moment when we turn when around sh- from Sam's speech oh. and see him. That's the moment where he's actually decided to let them go. But to me, that when he steps forward, he has already decided. So that decision happens off screen, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess you might you might be able to say that that decision is is his decision to shoot the Nazgul. That's yeah, that's true. But again, what is the breaking point? Seeing Sam, like, wrestling Frodo away from it? Maybe. Like, it's it's much harder to judge than it is for others. Because for Boromir, the breaking point is Frodo... It's very physical. Is Frodo physically separating himself from Boromir. Yeah. And that's enough to shake Boromir 
of the ring's influence then. But there's no way of knowing if that would have shaken it from him completely. Like if it would have, if it wouldn't have just taken him over again, you know? Yeah. So in that way, it makes Boromir almost look stronger than Faramir because it seems to honest. Well, no, I, it seems I, to take less time, although a more jarring event I think to that, shake Boromir out I, of it. I think that maybe if, if we take uh, Faramir's decision to let them go as him loosing that arrow. Um, I think that, that, uh, cause Boromir is very, uh, drastic and physical. Like he, 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 like Frodo, like physically separates himself from that situation. Yeah. But like Faramir is still like, what, 20 feet away from Frodo when he- Much further. When, well, whatever. Uh, within, well, okay. Let's say like D&D logic. So he's like within a hundred feet. <laughs> Yeah, that's, of the thing. Yeah, to shoot it reliably. Uh, so I guess that shows that Faramir has a, a better, or not better, but like. But we also have to think about the way that these two are framed, because Boromir is framed as like a combatant kind of first. Mm. Like Boromir is framed as like. And do the thing first. An aggressive, like later. quote unquote, like alpha male kind of personality type. That that's how Boromir is kind of framed. Um, I hesitate to say that, but he's more proactive. He's like a because I mean when we and when we first he's meet, more hands on than Faramir seems to be. Literally, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like <laughs> quote unquote, like he's a type A personality. Like he's yeah, he's aggressive. He wants to be. In control of the situation well, directly in front of him. My my problem with labeling Boromir as an alpha male is that all of the negative connotations with that. I mean, yeah, I guess, but like that's the that's the kind of personality he has. He wants to be in control of the situation in front of him. Yeah. And it takes it takes fighting alongside Aragorn and surviving some shit with Aragorn to like cede that control to him. I I guess, but like. And then for Faramir... He, he... I don't feel like they are struggling for control of the group anyway. No, like, no, no. It's not even about the group. It's just... A, it's about, like, the situation that they're in. Okay. Because, like, Boromir is clearly the kind of... I mean, we know he's a leader of men. Yeah. Like, and he's clearly the kind of person that would much rather be in control of anything that he's doing. Right. Like, and that's clear from, like, that scene with Narsil. Right. In the in fellowship when he first meets Aragorn, uh-huh. and it takes fighting alongside Aragorn and Aragorn earning his respect through proactive, aggressive like battle for Boromir to cede that that I feeling don't agree of control with, I don't agree and with to that. give him that respect he deserves. I don't agree with that. That's the way I see it. Like it takes it takes fighting alongside Aragorn and surviving battle with him. For Boromir to respect him. I don't... But that's not how Faramir is. But to me, the the scene that is most... Uh, like, the scene that makes me think of... of that, that, that encapsulates Boromir and Aragorn is not when they're fighting side by side. It's... I feel like the moment where Boromir begins to uh, respect and... 
care for Aragorn is when they are having that very, like, the conversation in Lothlorien. Right, but that's after they've survived the Balrog together. Right, but I, like, I think that Boromir respects Aragorn. I don't, I don't feel like he doesn't respect Aragorn before that. He, because you need to, in order to be a good leader, you also have to trust your 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 companions. Think about the other direct moment between the two of them before Lothlorien. Because the other, the last direct moment between the two of them before Lothlorien is when Boromir has the ring. Has the ring? Yeah. And he gives it up because there's a threat, not because er- he respects Aragorn's wishes, but because there's clearly a threat of violence. I don't. Ag- I don't think he sees Aragorn's. I think the. the I think the, he does because I, there's I don't no think reason. So. If he didn't see it, there's no reason to show that to us. And there's a tenseness in that moment. I think it's meant to be like, oh, this could have gone badly. But I don't think he sees Aragorn going, reaching for his sword. I've always thought, I've always felt like he does. I don't remember that that shot about that. That shot is from Boromir's perspective. Because that's what Boromir would see looking looking past Frodo. If Boromir was so enraptured by the ring, do you think he would have cared? He's not there yet. Like, he's not at the point where he's willing to take the ring by force until Amenhen. Okay. Like, he's not there until Amenhen. I don't... (sighs) Like, so the last moment that we see the two of them interact, he gives up the ring under threat of violence. Because I think that he respects Aragorn from the moment that they meet. Like... He, he's, he's like... I think he's in initially interested in giving Aragorn respect. Yeah. And then their interaction sours it. But how much of that is the ring, though? And then the ring is there, too. And then their conversation in Lothlorien, they're nowhere near the ring. Yeah. Because Galadriel's like, yes, give me that. So, like... There's there's a lot going on with Boromir, too. Yeah. But, like, Boromir is a proactive, hands-on person. He would rather be in control. Faramir has no interest in this war insofar as it involves killing people. Right. Like, that's made fairly explicitly clear. From the moment he shows up. Yeah. In the extended edition, anyway. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. The extended edition. <laughs> yeah. So, these they're very, they're very different. So it makes sense for Faramir to have a more removed, more removed sort of removed, sort of drawn out sequence of actions that lead to him being uh, like lead to him shrugging off the ring. Like it makes more sense for Faramir's to be more drawn out because he's clearly a more cerebral person. Yeah. Whereas Boromir is a man of action. Well, so it takes an action, a physical action, so to shake Boromir. Do you think then that they are on par with each other as far as resilience to the ring? I think overall, like, but Boromir is a man of action, and it takes an an action to shake him. Yeah. And Faramir is is a is a more like thought driven person. Right. So I think it takes this combination of things from Sam calling him out, like why Boromir died, through Sam's speech to like get to Faramir. Right. So, but earlier you were saying that it paints Boromir in a stronger I think it, it light. Like maybe unintentionally, like I don't think that's what they're going for, but because because the the influence of the ring seems to be shaken off in such a quick moment for Boromir. Right. It almost makes him come off as like maybe a little stronger. 
But that's like arguing whether or not someone's physical strength and someone's strength of character are related. Yeah. You're sliding scale again. Well, no, I I think a lot of (laughs) stories like equate that in general. What, physical strength with strength of character? I think there are a lot of stories that kind of equate that. Especially like more classical fantasies and like uh, adventure stories like like more classical, like like Gilgamesh and Beowulf, like their physical strength is also tied to their strength of character. Right. Like, and that's relatively explicit or like, um, or like biblical, like Samson. Right. It's his purity because he's never cut his hair that is part of his strength. Yeah. And like his strength of character and his physical strength are tied together. But. Like, that's a very classical thing. Do you think that movie Boromir and movie Faramir are intended to be these classical archetypes? Or do you think that the adaptation has rendered it such that they are more... I think the adaptation renders them more complex than these archetypes kind of are. Allow for? Not necessarily allow for. I think they can allow for a lot of complexity in archetypes. Whenever Boromir... Ultimately, it is Boromir's acts of 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 violence that end up with him like that result in him dying so what how does that fit in with like faramir's reluctance uh to get his hands dirty i guess because like well i mean that might even just be like uh some sort of commentary on trying to seek peace is a more noble goal so like trying to trying to win the day without violence. Yeah. But but at, but, Faramir, but at the end of the day, like Boromir's Boromir's last act of violence is a noble sacrifice. Yeah. Faramir, though, like because he refuses to get his hands dirty, but he's also doing making other people do his cruel things. Yeah. So how like it's it's difficult to like kind of parse through all the stuff and like figure out where these two fit in regards to, like, the greater... Right, like, because, well, you get into, like, a very moralistic argument about, like, well, at the end of the day, like, which way is better? Like, being willing to get your hand dirty yourself or, like, dirty the hands of many others in pursuit of your... in pursuit of your own purity. Yeah. Like, which is worse, really? And, I mean, there's... That is a... That is an argument to have. (laughs) Like, some people might lean that Causing other people to get your hands dirty because is, you're corrupting makes you other less, people. Like makes you less noble. Yeah. Like because Boromir is willing to do whatever he has to do to get done what he needs to get done. Right. Like and that that's just clear from the way that he acts. Yeah. Boromir is a micromanager, <laughs> and Faramir's good at like. No 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 no. Faramir <laughs> is a micromanager. I don't He's know. He's like you do this, you do this, you do this. I, I don't want to like do Faramir that. Faramir is better at 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 delegating things. You don't call someone who's hands on a micromanager. Yeah, you do. Because they don't trust anyone else to get their stuff done. It me. Micro micromanager. I do all the things because I don't trust anybody. <laughs> micromanager to me means like a 30-step list of how to do this for everything. Oh, I guess. Like I'm I'm managing every step of the way. Which strikes me as something more like Faramir would do. I feel like that is something that Denethor would do, actually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> What's on the to-do list today? Eat tomatoes like, menacingly. <laughs> there's like a 30-step there's like a 30-step guide for how to salute properly to Denethor. <laughs> it's like an elaborate handshake. Yeah, it's very elaborate. 
very, <laughs> very exclusive. There's like a whole dance number in the yeah. middle. <laughs> you do one thing wrong, and Denethor is just like, hang him. I'm so excited to talk about Denethor. The pettiest. We're going to run out of tomato jokes, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's just the pettiest man in the movie. Like, yeah. I, good God. I salute him. He's the pettiest. If bitch. only I could be so petty while looking so fabulous. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I guess um, in a roundabout way after, you know. He's just Wormtongue given power. Oh, God. I mean, Wormtongue had power. Like real power. Oh, not 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 secondary power. Like real power. Not Gondor's better than Rohan. Not a not a puppet master. Like he actually, a, but but he's also a puppet. So like yeah, exactly. Uh, so how much power does Wormtongue really have? No, I'm talking about Denethor. I mean yes, but like spoilers. He's, but he's in the direct position of ruling the kingdom, as opposed to using the king by proxy, and like maybe not necessarily being able to do everything he would want to do. Yeah, that's true. Whereas Denethor can just do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. I'm the steward of Gondor. If you go swimming in this pool, you die. <laughs> Gondor needs no king. <laughs> God. Anyway, um, but yeah, 20 minutes later, uh, I guess <laughs> under the the lens of the ring has been corrupting Faramir this entire time, it's a little more feasible for me. It also, and when you think about it that way, it makes the line from this minute... Uh, feel even better and more gen- feel more genuine if from Faramir's perspective it's his interaction with Sam it's listening to Sam that shook him from the influence of the ring uh-huh. it makes this line feel more genuine yeah even though Sam clearly takes it in a mocking way the way he looks away like he doesn't take it as genuine Sam doesn't take this as a genuine compliment yeah because he's he's got no self-confidence We'll talk about that when Frodo is is uh, telling. Yeah, we'll him talk about, about that next week. Yeah, Samwise the Brave. Yeah. So, like, it makes that line feel a little more genuine in that way. If you take Sam as the reason Frodo Faramir is able to shake himself from the well, I also like Sam repeating Faramir's line from earlier. A chance for the captain of Gond- Faramir, captain of Gondor, to, to show, show his, his quality. quality. Yeah. Yeah. So then, if Sam is ultimately the reason that Faramir. Though, like, why would he say, at last, Mr. Baggins, I, I feel like we understand each other. Ah, whatever. Because he can see the conflict in Frodo now. Frodo Baggins. Because, like, he can understand more of the conflict in Frodo after seeing what he just saw. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. We're 30 minutes in this And now kind of, like, clearly it. understand, and now kind of, like, clearly getting that the ring is a corrupting influence. Yeah. He's seen the direct, like, product of that. Yeah. Between these two okay. small, adorable people. <laughs> Why are they fighting? It breaks my poor little heart. Oh, they're making it. They love each other so much. Faramir, soft boy of Gondor. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I like if if that is the case, then this this if that is the intention, this scene feels earned. But I wish it was stated a little more explicitly. Yeah, I think that we're meant to read more into the influence of the ring than the movie gives us at times. Yeah. Because they walk a really difficult line because it could be, like, if too much, then it's just like, oh, God, like, they're they're shoving this down my throat. It's too ham-fisted. Like, I get the idea that it's evil, blah, blah, blah. But, like, not enough. We're having this conversation. Because... 209 minutes in the movie. Right. Because David Wenham seems to be emulating a little bit of the 
the emotion from from Boromir when he's holding the ring and looking at it when he's got the ring on the end of his sword. Uh-huh. Like, it's the same kind of look that he's giving the ring. Yeah. It's very, like, it's very interested. It's very focused. Right. And it it's focused to the point where it's ignoring everything around it. Mm-hmm. And it, like, for Boromir, it takes Aragorn, like, saying something and he looks over and I think he sees Aragorn's hand on his sword. I think it is also telling that Boromir tries to remove the ring from Frodo, but Faramir, like, sends Frodo and Sam both. Like, intends to send both Frodo and Sam to Denethor so Denethor can do the dirty work. Yeah, because that's how Faramir is. Yeah. I'm not going to kill these child-looking creatures. You can do that. You can do it. Their blood will not be on my hands. It totally will. But, like, nah. By proxy. Yeah. My hands are clean. <laughs> I wash my hands of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Like, that also is just all about Faramir being like, well, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And that, in a way, might also actually help insulate Faramir from some of the ring's worst influence. Yeah, because, like, if if he is not willing because to th- do that, then because... he some part of him must know that what he's doing is wrong. Yeah. And the ring... He also doesn't have that, like, aggression first impulse so does that, that mean, Boromir has. To does ex- that mean ultimately that if if we're talking about him in that context, does that ultimately mean that his strength of character is hardier than Boromir's? Yeah, he, he doesn't have that aggressive impulse for the ring to isolate and amplify. Mm. But he does have, like, almost a better insecurity. He has a... Like, a better insecurity for the ring to manipulate. Oh, yeah. Daddy issues. 100%. All the way. Like, go. <laughs> Boromir has, like, nationalistic pride to kind of isolate and amplify. Yeah. When it comes to his, his engagement with the ring. But, like, Faramir has a much more personal, personal insecurity yeah. for the ring to, to muck with. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's... It's like lateral, it's like lateral movement in that way, because like you have a more aggressive person with a more broad sort of thing to manipulate versus a much more reserved reactive person with a much like more ingrained insecurity. Yeah. So like he can still get Faramir to kind of do what it wants. Like the ring can still guide Faramir's hand. Yeah. But it just, it just can't get Faramir to pick up the ring. Right. Whereas Boromir, it's just like, well, no, this guy clearly does things on his own. Like, pick me up, dude. You know you wanna. I'm shiny. Come on. Aren't I pretty? Look at me. Look Boromir's at me. like, well, well, damn. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a mighty fine piece of jewelry. <laughs> but yeah. Well, this is a long conversation. Yeah, I did not expect to have this conversation today. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, so I, I think that, like... I'm glad that, like... Over 200 minutes into this movie and, like, over 400 minutes into this this trilogy, we still have, like, a, a, a smorgasbord of things to talk about. There's just so much going on yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like, and, like, you can you can break stuff down into all kinds of, like, little teeny parts to, mm-hmm. to pick at. Mm-hmm. Like, the, when does Boromir start respecting Aragorn? When when does Faramir shake off the, the, yeah, the influence yeah, yeah. of the ring? Like, these are, these are questions that don't necessarily have solid answers yeah. because the movie doesn't give us like a good place to see it to me and it feels is, like that Bormier... is both a, a double-edged sword because i feel like it's both a strength and a weakness right because it leads to more 
like discussion and interpretation about the work. Right. But also a weakness in that like you're maybe you're leaving a little too much up to interpretation. Right. Like no matter how you feel about like the respect between Boromir and Aragorn and like when it starts, like the the conversation in Lothlorien is where it's like spelled out to us. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But it's not I just hesitate to call Boromir an alpha male. I, I get that. Like, that's why I went quote-unquote, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. when I said it. But the movie doesn't explicitly, like, hand that respect to Aragorn from Boromir in the dialogue until Boromir is dying. Right. Then it's like, oh god, why am I crying? I know right. why I'm crying. It's because of these two assholes. Whereas, like, <laughs> Faramir seems to have, like, at least a at least a tacit respect for, like, the sanctity of life. Yes. He's still except Gollum, though. Except Screw for Gollum, well, he doesn't view Gollum as a person. Oh, like this isn't a person. I think Faramir subscribes to your zombie Gollum theory. It's like this clearly not human. Look at this thing. <laughs> I respect life, not you, not you. <laughs> that's thank, that's tomorrow. Thank I you guess. to all our all of our friends, not you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that meme of the nine pictures, yeah. not you. <laughs> My friends, you bow to no one, not you. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So take us away. Take us away. We're from the website duelinggenre.com, but if you'd like to join the discussion from today, you should head on over to the Facebook listener group, the Fellowship of the Mic. Uh tell us what you think about how this moment feels. Like, does this feel earned? Does it feel like a natural progression to mm-hmm. this? Uh is there more they could have done? To kind of highlight either the ring's influence or the kind of conflicted nature they're clearly going for with Faramir. Mm-hmm. Also, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Helps us out with visibility, uh, getting us out there. Algorithms, how do they work? I don't really know. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow to finish talking about this uh, this moment. Uh, Faramir, being, Faramir being mean again. Yeah, dude. Like, all this talking about Faramir, and then I'm just going to poop all over it tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be great. Yep. It'll be great. We get to see him grab... I mean, tomorrow we see Faramir grab Gollum by the throat. And not once, but twice inside 60 seconds. The worst. Is this the worst minute of the movie? No, no, no. We'll find out. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Oh, also to our U.S. listeners, have a great Thanksgiving. Bye.